Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome into the Overreaction Sports Show brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast, vodcast, as I said last week, network. I'm your host, the voice of the Overreaction Sports Show. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. Real quick, the sponsor of the show, John Spaschek, the Market Dominator team. If you're looking to buy or sell a home, if you're in the market to move, whether it's around town, just down the street, or out of the state, you want to call the team that is the best team in Western New York, and that is John Spaschek and the Mar- Market Dominator team. Uh, they are listed with, or they are uh, buyer. He's a he's a buyer's agent, or I should say a uh, an assistant broker. I keep. I always get that wrong. Uh, with Metro Roberts, which is a new real estate brokerage here in Western New York, that are <clears throat> excuse me taking the taking the 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 area by storm. But uh, John, what they what they do is they educate, they advocate, they negotiate, and they dominate, and that's exactly what they want to do with you. So if you are looking, as I said, to buy a home or to sell a home, call John and his team, the Market Dominator team. You can reach them at seven one six five seven zero. 3298. That number again, 716 570 3298. You can also reach him on his email, your elite broker at gmail.com. It's good to have all you guys. How you feeling? Looking forward to a good show. I got some uh, news for you. I've got a special guest, Colt Schroeder, the host of the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast, who's a very, very good friend of mine, is going to be joining us. We're going to talk about just everything that's been going on around Bills Mafia, the Buffalo Bills, and whatnot. Uh, Colt and I are basically catching up. We haven't talked probably since uh, about a month or two before the season ended, and we talked a little bit yesterday, and I was like, you know what? Let's just throw you on the show tonight and just kind of see where it goes. Let's have, let's have some bro talk up in here on the Overreaction Sports Show. But as I like to start this show all the time, and I do it every week, whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee, at the gym with your AirPods in, on the drive to work, or watching me right now live on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, let me one more time just say, welcome. What's going on to everybody in the chat? It's good to see Jessica Tennis, Amanda Davey, Jason Humbert, David Reed, Richard Rush, my guy, EB. It's good to have all of you guys here, and uh, I see Robbie's in the chat. Uh, I got a cycle jockey who actually didn't come through, uh, interestingly enough, on my platform, but I see you over there on YouTube. Um, but uh, And Amanda Davies. Oh, yep, there's Amanda Davies. But uh, yeah, if you are in one of the rooms, do yourself, do me a favor and make yourself known so that we know that you're here. And also, we are Super Chat Live. And what that means is that uh, if you want to ask myself or uh, Colt a question when the show is going on, we want to get our attention if we're kind of going off on something and not paying attention to the chat, go ahead, throw a Super Chat in there. Super Chats get priority. Let's do this. Let's start by talking about the new stadium real quick. So I'm going to get Colton here in about five or six minutes, hopefully, if I can get through this content relatively quickly. I'm going to give you guys the information that I have that's been put out so far, and I'm going to try to dispel any rumors as I had some interesting conversations on Twitter, and I'm going to do it in somewhat of a hurry. The Bills' new stadium is a proposed $1.4 billion stadium. That's the price tag of which $850 million is being covered by the state and county. Now, I know there's a lot of people that are upset about that. Why are we giving billionaires money? I can't answer that question. All I can tell you is if you don't like the fact that the the state and the county gave a billionaire a bunch of money, I think you would like it a lot less if the Buffalo Bills left Buffalo, New York. And when you're faced with that situation, now I know there was a big scrape or a big scrub up, up last summer about the Bills possibly moving to Austin, Texas and who it was leaked by and I got kind of drug into a tweet conversation about whether I thought the Pagulas leaked that or who did. And I basically, frankly, said I don't care. You know, the Pagulas are business people. And if they leaked it and it worked, it brought some urgency to the state and the county. Good for them. If the Pagulas didn't leak it and it still brought some urgency to the state and the county, good for them. At the end of the day, I just wanted to see it get done. Uh, when you look at the way that the whole thing kind of is beginning to pan out, I think it's a good deal for the city or the, the county. I think it's a good deal for the state. Uh, When you're talking about the only professional NFL football team that actually plays in New York State, this is the only team that they can derive revenue uh, from, tax revenue from player salaries, tax revenue from anything that has to do with it. Uh, It's the only thing the state gets to drive revenue from is when you're looking at just, you know, anything that pertains to going along with NFL sports, whether it's restaurants or beer sales at at grocery stores or you know, pick whatever you want to pick that goes into the tons and tons of money that gets filtered through the, through our economy because that football team's here. Again, not to mention 
player salaries, taxes on that, the houses that they buy and the cars that they buy and just the overall living that they do in our communities. So I thought it was a good deal, especially when you consider Allegiant Stadium. The new Vegas stadium was $1.87 billion and everything that we're being told about this stadium is it's going to be a union job. So $1.4 billion in New York State actually sounds like a pretty good deal when you're considering prevailing wages. Uh, the state's going to pay $600 million, of which they have already paid. So for those of you that missed that, I know there, there was some stuff out there by politicians and by some uh, oh people that have agendas on Twitter saying that you know there was some other budget thing that got cut by the state by $600 million. So now we know where the state's going to get the money for the Buffalo Bills. I hope you Bills fans are happy. And that actually was completely false. The uh, Seneca Nation of Indians owed, had some back, back payments, some back, not taxes, but revenue that they owed to the state. Of, I think it was like $526 million. And basically the state was like, well, we'll take this money today and we'll give it to the Bagulas tomorrow. So that money has pretty much already been paid. The county is on the hook for $250 million, which to me is a good deal for the county. Uh, I agree. Erie County is not a rich county. Uh, so for me to see the majority of that money come from the state is a, is a blessing. Um, I, I like that burden not being on the county. The NFL is going to pay $200 million and then $350 million from the Bagulas is the total sum of $1.4 billion. The county is no longer going to own the stadium. The state actually owns the stadium now, and they're on the hook for all the upgrades and all the future renovations and stuff like that. It's a 30-year lease when the stadium opens in 2026. So, so, the, so the Buffalo Bills are now committed to Buffalo for 34 years. I'm going, to re, I'm going to say that again. The Buffalo Bills are now committed to the to the city of Buffalo. This franchise is committed because from everything that we've been told, the out clause, the lease is ironclad, and it would be almost impossible for them to get out of. The Buffalo Bills are committed to the city of Buffalo for 34 years, which if you take a moment and you stop and you think that's longer than probably anyone or any business is committed to being in Buffalo, if we're being honest, right? Importantly, the state and the county commitment is 13% lower than previously as far as their share of the responsibility. They used to be responsible for 73% of any upgrades or anything like that that the, that the team wanted done. It's now 60%, so they negotiated that. It's good. It's a 62,000-seat open-air seat stadium with most of the seats covered and 5,000 standing general admission tickets. I'm not a big fan of that, but hey, whatever. If people want to pay $100 for a ticket to go stand around drinking $25 beer, and try to flirt with girls that aren't paying attention to football either. I guess that's what you, I don't know why you wouldn't just want to do that at a bar, but to each his own, I suppose. Uh, it did recently come out on Channel 7 <clears throat> that the county will continue yearly upkeep, upkeep on the current stadium until the new stadium is done. Done, rather. Uh, in the, it was a memorandum of understanding that they got a hold of. And what was interesting about that, and I'll, I'll bring Colt on here in a minute, what was interesting about that memorandum of understanding and the fact that the, the, the county is on the hook for the next couple of years until the new stadium is done is the Bills can opt out of the current lease. So the, the four years that are left on the lease for Highmark Stadium, the Bills can opt out of that lease if it is deemed unrepairable or unsafe. So what that means is that the Buffalo Bills would then have to move someplace else within New York State. So what? think about what I just said. So in, in writing, in the agreement for this deal, the county is on the hook for the next four years of upkeep and maintenance on the stadium. The lease is intact. However, the Bills can opt out if the stadium is deemed unrepairable or unsafe, which goes to just basically say all that needs to be said about the current stadium and the work that needed to be done to it, which I think the estimate was $867 million in upkeep repairs and renovations is what the new or the, the existing stadium needed. And when you're into it for that much money, you might as well just put up a new building, right? Is kind of where they're at. Uh, PSLs are a huge topic and they basically have estimated, they've got an early estimated price tag ranging from $1,000 per seat to $20,000 per seat all of which those numbers are financeable. I think three years, up to three years, uh, interest-free, eight years at a certain percentage, and I think you can even go longer than that. This is the thing, and this I got muddled in this into Twitter as well because <clears throat> I put a tweet out and it kind of went, it exploded on me, and I had to, like, hide. <laughs> I had to hide the, hide the hide it from my timeline because it was blowing up my, my notifications. <clears throat> One guy was like, well, if I pay $20,000 per seat and I'm good for the next 30 years, that sounds like a good deal. It's like, no, bro. That's not what that means. 
You pay $20,000 for the right to buy a seat. And then you have to buy the tickets on top of that. Now we're talking about the good seats. We're talking about between the 35s down in the lower bowl on the, on the bill side of the stadium. But regardless of that, you are looking at, uh, you know, a situation where the bills are going to be in Buffalo for the rest of our lives, my life for sure. And uh, PSLs hopefully aren't going to price me out. And if they do, you know, I've got an option to potentially finance that if I decide I want to. Carl Golden in with the Super Chat. Carl, thank you for being a part of the show. Bills Mafia representing from North Dakota. What's up, Carl from North Dakota? Love it. Thank you for being a part of the show. Appreciate you a lot. So uh, there is some other news from the weekend, but I'm going to jump into uh, uh, my the show here with, uh, with Colt. So right now I'm going to bring him on. So if he is ready, Colt Schroeder, the Mr. host. Go ahead. Mr. Joe Miller, how are you, sir? I'm good. Colt Schroeder, host of the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast. It's good to have you on the show, bro. What you been up to? Oh, you know, just, uh, you know, enjoying the fact that uh, when you have a really good football team, your offseason is kind of like a little intriguing, but kind of boring. And then you just kind of keep moving along. But it's this offseason has shown us that the process is working. And when we freak out about little things, uh, hey, we've been in a worse yeah. position, man. And talking about 34 years and. I uh, really enjoyed all your numbers. I mean, normally I'm the the dweeb of the of the guys doing things, and today you're laying all the numbers out there, so I love it. So I'm excited. There's a lot happening, uh, but me being a Bills fan, seeing uh, the team's going to be there long term, you know, you can't ask for anything better than that. So yeah, that's actually where I would probably start. The Buffalo Bills are going to be in Buffalo for the next 34 years. I know we. I just asked you. You said, and if if I dare say on on television, if this is considered television, that uh, you know that that you're 40 years old. I'm 48. You're 40. So yeah. pretty much for the rest of our lives, you and I are never going to have to worry about what we worried about worried about for the last 20 years, 25 years, which is they're going to take our team away from us. Absolutely. How are you? How, how are you feeling about that? Oh, I mean, this is the type of stuff that we've been like begging for. And now it's in front of us. And yeah, it didn't, it's not a great opportunity or deal or whatever. I mean, it depends on how you want to look at it. I mean, for me, when you look at the state of New York, it doesn't have a lot of great things to offer potential NFL teams, right? Like, Hey, come, you get this, you go to Las Vegas, you get all the sales tax, you get this, you get this, it brings players. It does a lot mm -hmm. of different things, right? So mm -hmm. it's difficult for an area like Buffalo to get a team. So you get commitment from the NFL for 30 years, you get commitment from your owner who has just taken over, you know, here recently, I mean, you, you gotta love this. I mean, this is great. Unfortunately, the, some of the pricing stuff, we'll have to see how that looks because I don't want it to get to the point where it's like pricing out the people that should be there. Right. You know, because that's kind of when you're talking blue collar and you're talking about putting up a gorgeous stadium. That's awesome. And I love that. And I think that yeah, the yeah. people deserve that. But make sure they can be there, too. Right. You know, that's yeah. the other part of it. How are you feeling about this deal? Like as far as just the way the money shook out? Yeah, I mean, I'm not in the state of New York, right? So I'm in a very expensive state in California here, you know, so I know how it is in the, the so Niners. We're in the, we're in the state of, what, oppression? You're in the state of depression, is that right? Yeah, I mean, th this place is just like, <laughs> when the Niners went through this a couple of years ago, right, you're talking about their PCL pricing started around 25000 up to right. in the 50, 60, 70 range plus that. So right. it, it definitely fits where you're at, right? So there's that piece of it, but for me, I, I feel like there's a, a way that it could have been less effective on the state. Uh, I do like that the state did have money sitting there that they just chose to allocate immediately to take care of some of the burden up front. I think that's important. it. Wasn't, it wasn't just sitting there. Well, so the Senecas were in the rears for a long time and this and the county, I think, fr or the state froze their bank accounts. And then the Indians were like, all right, the Seneca Nation was what, like, we'll pay up. Then they understand what it means to have an NFL team, right? This is like the type of stuff that's not going to go away. You talk about the upfront stuff where you bring all the jobs to the area, yeah. you know, and then long term, you're going to bring jobs to the area. I think most people thought the dome would be the ideal situation because then it becomes year round. And then right. maybe somebody that's an investor wants to put more money into the building instead of the state having to do that. But you lose a little bit of who you are, I think, when you do that as well. So all in all, for the way it shook out, uh, I, I mean, the Pagulas are kind of loaded, but a lot of that's on paper, right? And that's and that's just numbers and credits. They yeah, don't have that kind of cash that's necessarily sitting around, right? But yeah, but but people don't think that way. Right. People people see that people see Google Terry Pagula net worth, right? Yeah. And they see five point four billion dollars. Like, right. oh my gosh, he's got four four hundred foot yachts, and it's like, no, that's not what that means. Yeah, that that means <laughs> that he's got like five point three billion. Everywhere else, and he's actually got like some cash maybe on him, 
right? That's, I mean, that's how they function. Like he's not sitting on a buttload of cash, right? I mean, so there's ways that they could have probably finagled it in and made it work in their business, right? But they're also in the area where the league is like, hey, we're committed. The owner's like, we're committed. All right, now we need to know that the community is just a little committed. You know, like the number's a little high, but it's the asking price to have NFL money run through your city for 30 years. So I, I think it's worth it long term. And it's what I said at the top of the show. I mean, as much as anybody hates, right? Do I love the idea of the state and and the county giving them money? I don't love the idea, but at the end of the day, I mean, conspiracy theories, you know, uh, you know, abound. You know, who knows where any of this money is going anyway? I mean, I did math one time just on the toll, like the toll, like it's it's reported. You can find out how much money the state brings in and just the toll roads, the ninety, mm-hmm. the bridges and stuff like that. It's in the multiplied billions, and yeah. it's like, where's that money going? that other states don't have along with property taxes, along with income taxes, along with the highest, one of the highest sales taxes in in the country. And we're still running a billion dollar deficit. Like what is the problem? Like something somewhere is amiss. So regardless, no matter how much you like it or don't like it, if the bills left Buffalo, and this is what I've said to a lot of people, if the bills left Buffalo, you know, you'd hate that even worse. The NFL is better with a team in Buffalo. I think even fans of other teams outside of New England, Miami, and New York, the New York Jets would agree with that. But if the Bills left Buffalo, from a quality of life standpoint, you're from here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Buffalo doesn't have, we've got a waterfront. Right. And Buffalo still doesn't have the things to offer that other cities, even like Cleveland, with a waterfront has to offer from a quality of life standpoint. The Buffalo Bills, as much as, and I put a tweet out that said that too, you know, I know that you wanted the, this, you know, the, them to spend that money on the community. Well, guess what? They did. Because the Bills are a quality of life piece, just like the Sabres, for those of us that live in Buffalo, for the people around here, because it's something that we want to be here for. There's no real bike paths. There's no real park systems. There's no real waterfront. There's no, like, the quality of life pieces just aren't really here, but we have the Bills. And to see them go would just turn into, and like I said, I mean, you know, who else is committed to be here for 34 years? Name it, name it, name a company that's headquartered here that's committed to be here for 34 years. Right. New era just bolted. Right. Yeah. But I, I think the other kind of like beauty of that is that you best believe that once this stadium does go up, that they're going to build everything they can around it because investors are going to come in because now once you put something like this, if you look at the churn of the NFL, right, typically building a new stadium means four to five years from now, you're going to have a Super Bowl. You're going to have a draft. You're going to have something. Right. We'll get a draft. We'll get a draft. Probably more of a draft. We might not get the bowl because of the potential weather conditions that you can get. That ain't ain't why either. It's it's hotel. hotel But I think if you're talking four, five, six years from now, when people start building neighborhoods around this and start turning it more, it's going to turn this area a little bit more to have a stadium like that, especially if you do get the soccer coming in like they're talking about doing. And they're talking about utilizing it in other ways, which they should. Right. I mean, that sure. keeps people sure. employed longer throughout the year and, and you're generating money. So all in all, it's a good deal when uh, when you see the stadium plans. I think that if they really do something similar to Tottenham Spurs Stadium, I, I think that's a gorgeous building. And I think yeah. I was yeah. talking to a friend out here about that earlier where I was like, anybody that comes into Buffalo you to anywhere, you will see that building. Right. It's going to yeah. be the centerpiece of your area now, right? Like, I mean, it's going to be the most beautiful, right? If they do it right, that's what it should be. And it should make it a little bit of a hotbed, you know? So we'll see. Yeah. So which leads up to the next quite like location. What do you think about the, you know, where it's going right across the street? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I know there were some folks that wanted to do the city route and that kind of stuff. And honestly, I think where it is is where it should be. Uh, You know, I I just feel like you don't take it away from there. It fits the nature of what the fan base wants to be. Uh, you know, it actually supports the local little community there a little bit extra during the season, you know, with the pay for parking, you know, like yep, yep. I just, and you get to hang out with everybody out there. I, I think you lose that if you try putting it in the city because, because that can, then it becomes just like taking Ubers in, or it's like you're sitting in a parking garage. Like we have the Sacramento Kings here. Right. And yeah, you, you, yeah. there's no tailgating. We got, you know, there's not, that's not happening. There's nowhere you can do it. It's in downtown. Right. It's got buildings everywhere. Right. Like you, right. you park <laughs> 10 blocks away for 40 bucks game night. Right. For, for no experience other than you paid 40 bucks to walk and then be trapped in the parking lot. Right. You know, right. so like I, I think that that piece of it staying out there, it just fits the bill. And plus, I do think that it, it helps because it's going to drive expansion that way. And I think that's necessary yeah. for the area. The, the bigger complaint, I mean, if there's a complaint to, to be made, it's just the lack of foresight in, in a project like this. I mean, when you're talking about what to build around it, I mean, even, even with the Patriots, when they built the, the you know, when they built 
Gillette. You know, they built shopping malls around it and there's hotels around it. And like they did that on purpose. But the, the, the issue at hand about the Super Bowls is there's just not enough hotel beds. I mean, it, you're talking about it. I mean, it, until the Buccaneers last year and then the Rams this year, nobody had ever played a, a home Super Bowl. Not to mention if the Bills play in a Super Bowl, and even if it was in Buffalo, it's not going to be filled with Bills fans. It's going right. to be filled with rich people who can afford a $25,000 ticket for one game right. or $25,000 for a pair of tickets for, for one game. But it's it's more about we're just so – we just – I can't remember what the estimate was. Somebody in the comment section usually knows stuff like this. But there was a, a, an estimate of how many hotel beds we had in the area, and it was short by like fifty or 60,000. You're talking about yeah. 60,000 people being in the city – that aren't from the city. Right. They got to sleep someplace. And I heard one dude was like, Airbnb. I'm like, there's not enough houses. Yeah, there's not enough houses. That's why I say it's definitely, I think, going to bring development like that, where it's a, a lot of what they do out here now is, is, is a, a bunch of the businesses on the bottom, right? And they're going back to that kind of structure where you put businesses on the bottom and then you've got apartments mm -hmm. for the next couple levels up. And I think you right. do that kind of in that area because it, it, it also what you have to have in an area when you're putting a stadium there is a community that can afford to use the stadium year round right or it's you're not generating or you have to ask people to come in and if you're going to ask people to come in you got to have something to support it right so i agree yeah. they they've got to build a backbone of something that can withstand year round when it's only going to get used for six months out of the year it will be dope to get a draft though Oh, it that'd be, be cool. Good. Any getting any NFL yeah. event will be cool. I mean, it's something yeah. that everybody remembers those types of things, right? There's always something that brings yeah. brings you back to those moments. So it'd be very cool for sure. The community deserves right. it. I mean, a lot of those things. That's why I like the piece about the soccer too. I mean, it just brings an extra opportunity, right? To to see things and be part of things and do things differently a little bit, you know. So I wonder, I wonder if professional soccer, because I lived in Columbus for a long time. We had the crew there. Mm -hmm. I wonder, and it's it's fun. Like I'm not a big yeah. Soccer fan. My my oldest daughter played soccer. Uh, uh, she actually stopped playing when she got to high school. But you know, we would go to crew games, and they're they're a blast. They and are. I'm sure that a stadium that's sixty seven thousand seats, sixty two thousand seats, is too big for a soccer team. They probably don't want to lease it or whatever. But I wonder if this is something that could potentially bring a soccer team to Buffalo in the summertime or something like that. I don't know. Just spitball in there. But, but there's um, definitely space out in that area as well to put more stadiums, right? So if you could build it, they're building a new soccer stadium here in Sacramento because they are getting MLS after having an FLS, S FSL team for like six years. They're building uh -huh. a, a stadium down there that's going to seat about 12,000, right? So it's not a massive mm -hmm. building, but it, it's a cool right. like – and they're building, of course, businesses, hospitals, everything is around it, right? It's already yeah, all mapped sure. out, so – that's actually the one thing that never happened around the Ralph Rich Stadium Highmark is like the businesses outside of like O'Neill's and like the couple of bars that are there, the 7-Eleven across the street, the mobile station, right. ECC, obviously. Uh, I mean, Burt showed up and now they they just put in a Dollar General or uh, yeah, a Dollar General. But it, it, that's one thing that's never really happened around that stadium is it never really industry never really built up around it. So it'll be interesting to see what a nice, shiny new thing does right? kind of in the modern world and a modern economy. But let's move on from that just because we could probably talk about that oh, for yeah. an hour I straight mean, and bore sure. people to tears. So there's rumor out there. Uh, wondering what your thoughts are. Uh, there's a rumor floating around that the Bills are kicking the tires on Stephon Gilmore. What's your first gut thought on that? Well, I mean, for me, this is a, this aligns for everything I've been talking about all off season, right? For me, the way we've been doing things and where we are right now, cornerback to me is still the position of need and yep. or show me a little bit more about what we're trying to do there and then I'll, I'll see it. But all off season, I kind of where we've been going, I think we're drafting a cornerback, but I have 100% been on the we are going to bring in a veteran cornerback, whether mm. it's pre-draft, post-draft, we wait and see what gets drafted, where people fall, some people move after that. Yeah, I think to yeah. me that's the position or we're 100% on board with Dane Jackson and or moving to Ron Johnson, maybe outside or whatever, no, just by understanding that. what we have around them, right? You can, yeah. you can pretty much put anybody in there with Poyer and Hyde and a potentially really disruptive defensive line now uh, in front of them that a lot of guys could do it. But I do like if Gilmore's going to come here, I, I tweeted out this morning when I saw it that Bean's going to have to get very, very creative with the way that this would get done. I think Stefan Diggs, there's a reason he's been waiting to potentially do something with Diggs uh, is because the draft, to me, we don't need all these picks. So this talk about moving around and stuff, it, it's its 100% on board, and I'm with, on board with the idea. I think it's very possible that we move around. But Gilmore, it's going to cost money, uh, you know, and I don't think we have it. But if he was ready to play here, I don't – 
care about what all the others we, we build for now we build to win now and if we have somebody like that on the other side of the ball this defense becomes very very good uh but i i don't think it happens they gotta do something <clears throat> because yeah. trey's not gonna be ready i mean it's it's I, i've been told it's a year-long in, in injury trey's injury he got injured around thanksgiving right um just after thanksgiving no it was thanksgiving thanksgiving night yeah uh i've heard some other people say six to nine months regardless he's not gonna be ready for the start of the season right now your starters at cornerback are cam lewis and dane jackson and i love dane jackson mm -hmm. but at the end of the day i don't care how great poyer and hyde are you you can't start the season with dane jackson and cam lewis you've got to do something yeah that's why um, i think he fits the bill because you, yeah, you he, are looking for CB2, possibly CB1, realistically, to start your season, right? Right. And you don't right. know how Trey comes back. I mean, yes, you'd love to say he's going to come back as all pro, but what if he comes back as CB2, right? What if he come, yeah, if he comes back still injured a little bit, like yeah. Saquon did. Saquon came back from his ACL and struggled for four or five weeks. And, you know, Bill's, Bill's Mafia be up in arms if he comes back and whether they're mad at him because he's not playing well or people are mad at the organization for rushing him into the lineup. Yeah, or, I'd rather rest him. You know. Yeah, so they're going to have to do something. And and I've got notes for next week's show already, just as far as, you know, even if they bring in a veteran, you know, going and getting, you know, a couple guys in the draft. You know, there's a lot of cornerbacks that are linked in mock drafts. And it's funny because not anybody has, like, linked the Bills to just one. A lot of times in mocks, it's like it's always consistent. This the Bills guy, are taking yeah, this, this guy. guy, right. Yeah, he, fits a lot the, of he fits it. Yeah, he fits yeah, it. Yeah, there's a lot of different corners. But at the end of the day, you know, when you talk contracts, and I talked about this last week on the show, you know, two years, $14 million a year, $28 million is just too much money. I'm oh, not yeah. spending that money on Stephon Gilmore. That's just – that's where I'm at. Well, not when you have Trey who you're paying and you have no idea what it's going to look like for sure. I mean, that's why to me it was going to have to be something very creative to make it happen to bring in somebody like Gilmore – you know, but I do believe that that's the type of player that you have to be searching for or somebody that's looking to play yeah. for a title contender on a one year yeah. deal. Right. It's, it's probably not even a two year deal who we're going to bring in. It's a one year deal. You see where Trey is. If they play yeah. well, you bring them back. Right. You know, you do, you do stuff like that. Can they get Stefan to bite on that one year? Hey, let's go to the Super Bowl deal. Like yeah. let's you know four two million three million can go up to five right something like that. I just don't know I mean maybe he would bite I, mean, I think there's a reason to do it I mean I think you you can win potentially right and if you can get maybe somewhere in like that seven eight million range right that's why I think you can restructure around there's a possible talk of trading a veteran player that kind of stuff there's ways to right. finagle this around where you say it's a one year deal dude come out and ball out somebody will pay you to play again next year right and you're on a right. title team so everybody's gonna see you right so yeah. that's I, I think there's reasons <laughs> too but pun intended did you mean to do that no the whole... no because no <laughs> when he left here is like i'm not on tv enough yeah and, <laughs> and he would be on tv more than he is anywhere else right now right so well yeah he got he went to carolina right bad football team that yeah. was never on television so that's that's so. what to me thinks that he might bite right because he went and played at carolina last year with like there was nothing there telling you that it was going to be successful yeah. right you know right. so like yeah, it's it'll be it'll be interesting to see. There's other guys out there. As far as I know, guys like Joe Hayden still have not signed. Yeah, um, I would you, take somebody in like the four million range. You know, yeah. a guy that's maybe like 27, somebody that yeah. could potentially be a long term guy. Right. That, well, like that's me, what I'm looking for. To me, a guy like Joe Hayden fits that, and I don't think he's four. I bet you you get Joe Joe Hayden for two and a half, three million on a one year deal, maybe two year, maybe you guarantee give him a second year or something like just you know. And, it's not a guaranteed year. That way he feels like he's got a little more security than maybe he does. And the bills feel secure in letting him go next year if they need to, because they're going to draft, they're going to draft a corner, they have especially to. With, yeah. with wild. They drafted wild goose last year and wild goose got plucked off the, off the practice squad. So yeah. they're going to draft a corner for sure. I'm just not sure. I still, I'm just not a big Stefan Gilmore fan. I wasn't a fan of him when he was here. And I know that there's a lot of, you know, well, he wasn't he was a good corner a lot of the times when he was looking around the field he wasn't blaming others but it really was their fault and it's just like i don't know man he just wasn't it, he wasn't overly a team player to me. Well, that, yeah he's not the leadership like captain type but this defense right. is completely different than what he yeah. left right i mean he would be coming sure. to the number one defense in the nfl like i mean that's yeah and there's no signs of from what we've done this offseason so far except for the cornerback position that this defense is going to fall way off Right. Like, right, I mean, right. they should be close. I mean, they might not be number right. one, but this should be easily still a top 10 defense and pushing mm. five and better. Right. I mean, that that we have we've been there for years now. We didn't do anything like crazy except for bringing some, I think, a hungrier defensive line approach, which I, I'm going to I think we're going to really enjoy this front this season. But yeah, I hope so. So on that note, where were you when you heard that Von Miller got signed? Yeah, I was I was at mm. work, you know, and of course, it's like we're in a cave there at work and like 
everybody knows that I'm the only Bills fan, right? So as everybody gets like their their notifications coming in for whatever they follow, or a couple guys standing up like Von Miller, huh? Hollering it across the room, you know, and I'm already like, yeah, I mean, I immediately my first thought was what's the money, right? That's all I like. He's 33 years old, right? You had, right, you right. had Jerry Hughes, who's a, an older guy who isn't the same like closer as Von Miller is. But right. he's been pr- productive, and he actually had a, a pretty great season for us last year. I think uh, overall his rush rate and everything was good. He didn't get a lot of sacks. but So when I saw it, I mean, to me it was I didn't think Bean was going to do that this offseason. Everything we had done up to that point I was I was on board with, and I thought those were things we would do with not having a lot of money, move some people around. The guys we let go, you can go back and listen to my show. I was saying those are guys that we were going to let go. I mean, there was just too many right. obvious reasons to do it, not to do it. You know, so uh, I mean, it's, I think it's great. I think I read uh, recently where somebody said that Von Miller is not the same player he was, right? Which is fine. I, he's not going to be asked to be a three down player here, right? He's going right, to ask to right. be like, hey, bro, it's third down and 11. Go get a sack, right? And he's right. going to probably go do that. Or he's going to disrupt things enough. I think if you keep him fresh with his knowledge and his leadership, is out of control, right? Like you hear that everywhere he's been, he's just a great leader. And uh, I think that's going to be dope. The money is, it's a two year deal essentially, right? Like let's win a championship and then we can void things after that, or he can go play somewhere else. But a lot of people don't like, when you think about why he came to Buffalo, Von Miller is like a NFL stats geek. Like he loves the history of the game, right? So he's going to potentially be the only player in the NFL to have ever won three titles with three different teams. Yeah, it's I was looking for the video while you were talking because I I, it came across NFL Network and it was like the Buffalo Bills have are reportedly going to sign Von Miller. And I hit pause and rewound it and then immediately screen like recorded the television and like just and my natural reaction came out when it was six years, 100 and whatever it was, 120 or 140 million. I was like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Where'd we get that? Yeah. Where'd we get that? Why in the world? And then it comes out, it's more like three years, 54 million. And then it's, you know, and then it's digestible as far as that goes for me. And I said this on the show a couple weeks ago that Von Miller is just not a guy that signs with Buffalo. That's just not a guy. I mean, it's, you know, Chandler Jones is out there. You know, we're talking about making a trade for uh, Daniel Hunter, you know, with a number, a first round draft pick and stuff like that. But nobody considered Von Miller because for Bills fans, for the mafia, that isn't a guy that signs in Buffalo. We got Mario Williams because we paid him a hundred million dollars. Yeah, that was you know way, I mean? and that's even, the last time. And I got blocked by Pro Football Talk for 10 years because <laughs> I was hammering them because they were like, there's no way Mario Williams is ever coming to Buffalo. And then he signed and I like lit into him on Twitter and they blocked me. And yeah. they blocked me for like 10 years. It was crazy. Um, so it was that's it's it's a pretty wild signing. He's a difference maker. And at the end of the day, I think the mafia is going to have to. I think we're going to have to be patient. I don't think it's a situation where he's going to end up with twelve sacks. He might, but it might be he has four sacks and you know and is a disruptor. And then he is like like he did this past season, like four sacks in the playoffs. that really matter. And do, that's kind I, of. I do think he's going ten plus this year. Ten plus. Wow. I think he can do it just because of what's going to be around him. I, I have a lot of faith in what I'd Oliver to me is ready to just like explode. And when yeah. he's, he's getting so much good stuff around him now, this, the, this yeah. it's going to be the beauty of this team is there's going to be so much elite, you know, just play at the front now. Uh, not yeah. that the guys that the, like losing Harrison Phillips sucks and things like that, you know, like, but even bringing back, if you look back when we had Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson last time, that was one of the most highest sack years we've had here in the, you know, the past few years, that was a disruptive defensive line. I think yeah. them coming back, there's going to be tons of energy. The players that energy. are already in that mix are playing well. And then I think yep. just with Rousseau being young and you keep that veteran around in Von Miller, this is, this is very much being right. I, nobody saw it coming. I don't think, right. I would, yeah, I didn't yeah. see it coming, but this wasn't the guy I thought we might be doing something crazy, but that was not going to be the guy that I thought was going to be the move, but it's a hundred percent what we need to do. This defense yeah. just needs to get a little more pressure. If they get just yeah. a tad more pressure and they were already number one. Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning as a parent. You want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey. 
instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Right. Somebody asked if they're going to resign. I think it was Amanda, Amanda Davy asked, uh, do you think we resign Jerry? I don't know. Um, if it comes down to it, they should, because Jerry Hughes is most productive. I said this on the Humpty Hotline a couple weeks ago. His most productive years were when he was when he was opposite Mario Williams and wasn't facing a double team. And if he's out there with Vaughn Miller, Vaughn's going to get the double team. and It's going to open Jerry up. And instead of getting constant pressures, maybe he gets home. Maybe he's worth one or two million for this season. Maybe he's willing to take, a, you know, play for candy right to get to the super bowl to finally finish the job um i'm not opposed to that idea i don't know if you are yeah i mean i i don't have anything against that happening i just don't i don't think it's going to happen unless somebody like it depends on where he's sitting right because i think he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be a post draft like teams are really going to start looking at what they were able to get where they were at and now jerry hughes becomes available to a lot of different teams right where they're like hey now maybe we need to look that direction so i think if we could bring him back that's cool uh but I don't, I don't necessarily see a way unless somebody gets hurt at this yeah. point. If somebody gets hurt, then sure, I, you absolutely go to a guy like him. But I think bringing in Shaq and Vaughn and what you just drafted, you're kind of saying, I think we're moving, you know, yeah, unless sure. it's real cheap. There was a cool conversation going on in the comments section that I just want to address because I did a bunch of research on this in the 20 years when we were being told that the Bills were going to lose or the Buffalo's going to lose the Bills. And that's just that about the Buffalo Bills or the Buffalo TV market. And it's true that Buffalo is no longer a, like a top, I think, 50 TV market or 76. Um, clearly, we know what the numbers are as it pertains to the city limits and who lives inside of the city of Buffalo. But to me, this wraps up, and everybody follow my train of thought real quick, and I'm just going to spine off here for a second, Colt, just, just so just bear with me. Um, you know, I, I, I'm the guy that says statistics only matter until they don't, and this is one of those scenarios where statistics only matter until they don't. And the Buffalo, quote-unquote, TV market is a bunch of hooey. And the reason that it's a bunch of hooey is, yes, we are number 76 or in the, in the mid to late 70s as far as size of TV market, but what they don't tell you is that Buffalo's TV market is basically inclusive of, right, the Southern Tier, Erie County, Niagara County, that's it. 90 minutes away, 90 miles, less than 90 miles away, is Monroe County. They are their own TV market, of which the Buffalo Bills are not included in that. Most major cities in the United States don't have another city 90 miles away. And if you don't want to, like, or if if, if somebody would say, well, Joe, that's only another million people, does it really matter? Okay, well, let's take Toronto. Toronto also doesn't count in the Buffalo TV market. Meanwhile, the majority of people that are in Hamilton, half a million people, Toronto, 5 million people, a lot of them are Bills fans and they travel to Buffalo to go because, you know, to go to Bills games. So that whole concept about just Buffalo is not a big enough TV market. While you look at the market itself, that's true. Buffalo as a TV market is not big enough. But when you draw a circle around the city, it what it's what's called a metropolitan statistical area. Buffalo, I think, is in the top 20 of the nation in metropolitan statistical areas at 150 miles, I think, is the number around the city. So if you draw a circle around the city of 150 miles, it's in the top 20 of the nation for populace inside of that 150-mile circle. There's no way that those numbers should matter. But they do, and that's the leverage that the NFL used against the Bills for a very long time to threaten us that we were going to lose our team. And thank God, Terry Pagula from Pennsylvania married Kim Kim Pagula, who's a Western New Yorker, and they're committed to keeping the Buffalo Bills here for the next 34 years. So that's my soapbox. So anybody, anytime anybody tells you that about the size of the the, metro, the 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 TV area, just know that it's a bunch of loaded garbage. That's, yeah. So Indianapolis doesn't have a city that close to it, does it? St. Louis? No. Kansas City? No. I mean, it's Kansas City, Kansas, Kansas City, Kansas City Missouri, but it's the same TV market, two different states. Like, because Atlanta doesn't have a TV market, another one that close to it. So a whole other country. I mean, there's a whole other country <laughs> attached to it, you know, but hey, With five million people yeah. in it and they don't. Ca- oh, by the way, they don't count. We're not going to count those. Yeah, people, we, those we only played games there, but yeah, they don't they don't care. <laughs> they don't, no big deal. <laughs> they, they don't count. Yeah. 
So there's been uh, some more rumors uh, going on. And who was it? I've got the notes here. Hang on a second. It was, uh, da, 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 da. no, it's on, it's over here. Two seconds. I got like several different pages of notes going. Um, and I was going to talk about this next week. So if I talk about it this week, that's okay. Uh, Zig, I can't read my own writing. Vig Fercasi of Sirius NF, uh, XM NFL Network said that the Buffalo Bills are looking to potentially trade a veteran on draft day. So they're looking to move up. The Bills are going to be, quote-unquote, aggressive on draft day. And they're going to move up, and they're looking to trade a veteran to do so. So this is my question to you, Colt. Who? <laughs> to me, this is this is because there's a, still a lot going on in the offseason that we haven't really got into yet. Because when we do draft, if we use all of our draft picks, that's roughly $8 million we still need to sign these guys. $5 million of that will probably be on the active 51 that counts towards the real right. cap. right? So we still need some money. Right now, I think SportTrack's got us at like 3-6, somewhere around in there. So we still need some money. right? So that's why Diggs, I think, is super important and a lot of the the – the cryptic tweet stuff doesn't apply to this. I don't believe, but well, I wasn't, I wasn't bringing that up yet. I know, but I, but I'm saying like, he's the, he would be the guy that I think most people are looking at. Like, are the bills going to try to move like somebody like Stefan Diggs, who's got money, could do things like that. Like you've got a good team and he's putting out these signals. But to me, the only person on this roster that this falls to is Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, and that's because if you go and you look at who's going to be a free agent next year, and you talk about a guy that you don't necessarily think you may keep around because of money. Um, he maybe doesn't fit exactly what you're who's, looking for. Who's trading for Tremaine Edmonds at $12 million this year? There could be a lot of teams that are doing, depends on what you package it with. I mean, but here's the problem. Who are you going to draft? That's just a plug and play guy. That's going to be, that's going to play better than Tremaine. There's gotta be, if you're, that's what, if you're, that would be to me looking at it just off of that perspective of it, right? Like he's got 12 million. He could save us if we do move him. Right. That opens up all the money that we need for draft picks and or bringing in somebody like Gilmore. Right. So there could be a veteran linebacker out there that they just piecemeal for a year or two, you know, at a lower salary. And maybe the guy they want is in this draft. Yeah. Right? You're ruining my you're ruining my show for next week. But this is what I'm going to give you, because I've already done, done a bunch of research on this. <laughs> OK, the bills, the bills are linked to cornerbacks at 25. However, if you're looking at Tremaine Edmonds being that guy, and I didn't expect you to necessarily jump on Edmonds. That's great that you did. You know, you're, you're talking about replacing him in the draft. The guys that you're talking about potentially replacing him with is Devin Lloyd from Utah, Nicobe Dean from Georgia, Christian Harris from Alabama. And pretty much every mock that's out there, Devin Lloyd goes one pick before the Bills, 24. The highest that I saw him go was 20 at the Vikings. Why trade Tremaine when you might get a linebacker just come to you like you just might get one of those guys and then you can jettison Tremaine next year if he doesn't I think pan out I, I agree with that and I think that that's potentially why we don't see anything at all happen I still don't think that we're going to pick at where we're at in the first round I think we're moving from that spot in some form or fashion it makes no sense right, to keep right. all the draft picks that we have we don't have the money for it and they're not right. going to stay on our roster right so the there's no reason the ludicrous thing to me was that the Bills, that some dude, some guy, I'll be nice, some guy, <laughs> some guy out there that is getting paid way more than you and I get paid to yeah. do this, says that the Bills are going to trade a veteran on draft day to move up. And it's like, who are they trading? They're not trading Micah Hyde. They're not no. trading Jordan so, Poyer. So that's They're the only trading. other guy that's a free agent next, right? So if you were to look at the next guy in line that's a free agent next year who's 30 years old, he'll be 31 next year, it is Jordan Poyer. But you you just can't fathom getting rid of him. Right. If, they're, if not anything, trading Mitch, they're not trading Mitch Morse. Pick a vet because right. AJ Epinesa is not a vet and yeah. Cody Ford is untradeable. Yeah, you're Nobody's not getting anything for, for those Ford. guys. No, that's why I think no. it's Edmonds or Bust because I do believe that there's a team out there. And if you're going to do it, you do do it now because you're not going to get any more value for him than what you can get right now. Because next year he's free. You he, he can do whatever he wants. You know, and if right. he comes in and he balls, he might just leave anyway. So if you're looking to make a move up and you want to move up, Big. Maybe they maybe they're not even looking at a cornerback at 24. Maybe they're looking at a cornerback at six, seven, and they're saying, "Here's our one. Here's Tremaine Edmonds. We want to go." You know, you don't know exactly what it would look like. I don't think it'd just be like a team straight up trading for him, right? But he is a piece to me that I don't think they're sold on, and he's he's young enough that other teams are like, "Hey, 
I think I think we're gonna run a nickel five one. You, there's <laughs> guys, Miller. there's guys out there, man. And if there's in, in the as good as this defense is, there's guys out there. You can yeah, do AJ things. Hawk or AJ Hawk. AJ Klein is gone, yeah. so AJ Klein's off this roster. So now you're talking about Tyrell Dotson. Yeah, you, got, right? you brought back Markel Lee. You, you yeah. there, there's there's backups there for sure. Yes, you'd still Back be missing up. that big piece, right? But maybe you're going up and you're getting it. That's that's money as well. And I just think that you have to really look at him like he's probably not going to be on this roster next year. Yeah. So Steve, Steve Lynn comes in with a super chat. Thank you, Steve. He says, with all the attention that Bates got, isn't it safe to say you can actually get a pick for him, especially from Chicago? It's not outside the realm of possibility. The Bills gave up a pick for him, mm-hmm. right? Essentially. He probably, he probably, now that he's on to his second contract, would quote-unquote constitute being a veteran. Um, I just don't, for me, that's the issue. Like, I don't know what the, I don't know, like what veteran, the, the vets, the bills have the, the bills are Brandon Bean is very good at having his core guys. Right. So he's got a, Stefan Diggs is a veteran, you know, uh, like I said, Mitch Morse is a veteran, uh, you know, who else is out? Obviously some of the guys that they've just picked up are veterans. You know, when you look at Roger Saffold, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. The, he's like. Poyer, Hyde, veterans. Yeah, Bean doesn't necessarily do this. Is why it's a weird thing to do as well. But, I brought this up last week. He's got he's twenty-four got, guys on this roster right now that they drafted. Right, right. That's what, that's that's what right. they that's love. What right, so, he's got this core. He's got these core of great players. I've got mm-hmm. these guys who are like, look at these guys. These guys are really, really good. Oh yeah. And then I've got all of these one-year, two-year, three-year guys that I can jettison at any point in time. Tim Settles, Roger Saffold, all these guys that are vets that nobody's going to trade for. And then I've got a bevy of solid draft picks in the hopper. Yeah. Like the guys that I've drafted that are playing well or that I'm probably going to ditch this year certain offensive. To me, it's it's 100% if you're moving anybody, it's him. It's it, it, I, I can't pick anybody Edmund. else to your to your point. There's nobody else that I look at on the roster and say, yeah, I would trade him and get value for him. Edmonds is the only guy you could do that based on he's might just walk and and, he, and potential. He's, based yeah, on he's potential. got potential. Right. And there's going to definitely be a team out there that's going to be like, look, he's just not playing that great because of the scheme he's in. Let him get in it's our scheme. scheme. Right. But, that, that, scheme. but that's how the NFL is. They're always like this guy isn't working out there. But how many times do wide receivers bounce around to different teams like they'll fit in ours. They'll fit in ours. And, oh, the guy's just oh, not right. The guy's just not that good. Right. But right. I believe, and if you look at this team in the past, we were good at drafting linebackers in the second and third round. I don't think they're scared to do it, right? I mean, you got Matt Milano in one of those rounds. So I think that they're confident in who they are and what they can do and what they have around them. But it is all – it is, but when you have Jordan Poyer and you have Micah Hyde, you can take risks. The Bills have gone into two seasons – putting the, all the chips into a basket and have failed miserably and have had to basically maneuver halfway through the season. I just, you know, I, I don't, I'm still not a fan of the rotational defense thing, having 10 defensive linemen and rotating them at 48% of the snaps. I hate that. Like nobody else in the NFL does that. And we pay an ex- extravagant amount of money to do it. I just don't know how you're replacing Tremaine Edmonds. Like, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know that I, to me, the draft is, is darts. It's, I mean, you're, it's fish in a barrel. Like it, you're just lucky if you, if you hit something and I, to, to just assume that like, we're going to draft one of these guys and they're going to be better than Tremaine. I just, man, I, I think you draft one of these guys because you're not, sure you Tremaine, uh, you're not sure about Tremaine. You're not sure about Tremaine. And then next year you've got Milano, you've got Edmonds. If you, and then if Edmonds like progresses and takes a step and becomes the most dominant like in, inside linebacker in the NFL, then you've got a guy behind him, you've got Milano, and then you've got an option. Well, I can trade any one of these dudes. Like I'm sitting in the catbird seat. Right. I'm about to get two ones. Oh, well, I, I agree. Just, yeah. I'm just saying if you're talking about who the vet is, I think he's the only one that even makes any sense for any kind of value in a draft. Like and all these other guys, like if you're gonna move him, what I just there's nothing you're gonna get for it, I don't think. Yeah, and this is true. Spin says spin zero four eight one says the fans are the only ones who are saying Edmonds isn't cutting it. Actual fans and or actual NFL scouts rather say the complete opposite. And it's true. And I'm not saying that Edmonds isn't cutting it. I just know that he's not, he's a very serviceable, very solid linebacker. Is he a top 10 inside linebacker? I don't know. He's definitely not a top five inside linebacker. And when you take a guy 16th overall, there's an expectation there for who he's going to become. And it's more about the fact that he hasn't yet, as of yet, met expectations. Would you agree that's fair? Oh yeah, absolutely. And if you look at what it's going to potentially cost to keep him, 
You're talking about a guy that's going to be in a four-year, 60-some-odd million-dollar deal next year. Big, it's going to be a big number. Right. It's going to be a really big number. And if you go and look at the guys comparable to him, Miles Jack, the guys that are being paid around that kind of money, his rate was only like 47% last year when those guys are at 70 and 80. And like so it, it it's going to be an expensive price tag for a good linebacker. I'm not saying he's bad and he's fits. He's not bad. He fits what we're doing and he works. He's got length. He's good at what we're doing. We just when you're gonna have to pay him big money, he's he's got to get that step. There's just a little something missing, right? You know, just a little like some of these linebackers in the NFL, you know where they are and you know they're on the field because they're in the backfield all the goddamn time. I don't. Yeah, I don't know that he. There's nobody on this team. Well, now there is Von Miller. There's there was nobody on this team, especially once Trey got hurt, that offensive coordinators were like, we got to account for that guy. Mm-hmm. And Tremaine Edmonds is not the guy that they're like, we got to account for that guy. Right. I think they just line up and play. Mm-hmm. We're just going to line up and play him and we'll block him and hopefully it'll work. Whereas like there's other linebackers in this league where it's like, if we don't account for that guy, Khalil Mack, he's yeah. going to ruin our day. Trouble. Ruin, yeah, absolutely. Ruin our day. Joey Bosa. Right. I mean, there's just guys and hopefully Von Miller is now that guy. Like whenever he's on the field, we've yeah. got to be alerted to the fact that he's on the field or we are in trouble. Yeah. hundred percent. Right? Yep. I mean, that's what, that's what we need that guy to be. Uh, he's right. a great leader. He fits everything we're doing. It's just, it's got to be disruptive. I think you've got to have disruptive. And if you don't have that, you're going to be questioned. Yeah. It's funny because John Herring says about Tremaine Pro Bowl nearly every year. I, you know, I don't, I don't know what we have to do to realize that the Pro Bowl means nothing. All pro is different than Pro Bowl. The fact that like the Bills were the number one defense in the NFL and had zero Pro Bowlers on it. Like, did Poyer go? Was he late alternate or something? No, he was all pro, wasn't yeah. he? So Poyer made it to all pro. But they had no defensive players, I think, that were that were pro bowlers this year. Yeah. Like, that should tell you something about the pro bowl. The pro bowl means nothing. It's beyond a popularity contest. Right. Like, it's like well, the guys when your that, quarterback gets asked to go and he says no, I mean, that should tell you what they think about the pro bowl, right? So like, he could play golf at Pebble Beach. Yeah, he's like, nah, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> I think he was – was that a statement? I think it was you're making like, a statement like you're disrespecting the rest of my team. I'm, no, I'm not going. Yeah, absolutely. And you disrespected me for starters. Like, why the hell am I not in the Pro Bowl already? Right. Like, right. what do you mean? You're asking me to now come as somebody else left. <laughs> yeah. OK. Yeah, you, you know, I was, I was like basically the MVP dummies. Get out of my way. I'm going to go play yeah. golf instead. It de- I definitely, I definitely was, I definitely think it was a statement. He was oh, definitely yeah. making. It He's like, that. watch how much publicity P- the PGA event is going to get when I go over there while your Pro Bowl is going on. <laughs> you know, like your Pro Bowl that nobody will watch. Yeah, and you, and you took you took it out of Hawaii, which yeah. is like Beth and I, my wife and I had plans to go to Hawaii to see, to go to a Pro Bowl someday, and now yeah. it's like I don't even know where it's at anymore. Wasn't it at some cold place where they played this year was cold, wasn't it? Yeah, I didn't. I don't even. The Pro Bowl doesn't <laughs> exist to me. I don't. It's like whatever, like it's a Passover week. You know, it's just a break in the action. John Herring comes back with, you don't make a Pro Bowl if you suck. That's debatable. Like, I, I can't think of anybody right now, but I know that there's guys that play in a Pro Bowl a lot and often just because of the, the name on their back play. I don't know that it means you necessarily suck or whatever, right? But if to me, when I'm talking about the Pro Bowl, that means that we've got the top 22 guys on each side of the ball in the NFL. Right. That's, yeah. that's who should, that's if you're going to call it your best players, then that's to me, like, that's what it should be. And I don't, I don't think he's that guy. There was a year, the Buffalo bills during the nineties sent 11 guys to the pro <laughs> bowl. And it, meant, it meant something. It's like, we have the best team in football. That's why all these guys are here, but we probably Daniel had eight Gow- wins that year. Yeah, <laughs> Daniel Gowry says, uh, he thought it was in Vegas. It was in Vegas. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Nice it was, Daniel. It was, chilly, yeah. it was chilly in Vegas. So, Oh, stadium, I, right? So you get a new stadium, you start getting all the stupid. Maybe we'll get a Pro Bowl. Yeah, you might get a Pro Bowl because that'll be like the <laughs> nicest weather. Maybe potentially they can play it out, and if it sucks, they know nobody's watching anyway. Oh my gosh, Steve Flynn! Only good players make the Pro Bowl. Mac, Mac Jones, Jones, anyone? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hold my watch, beer. We gotta watch that goofball on the sideline of the Pro Bowl, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. The amount of yeah, just we should just that should that could be a whole show going through Pro Bowl rosters <laughs> right. for the last couple of years. Yeah, like just deciding who's good and who's not good. Oh, that's hysterical. It's like so what, it's any, basically like what player wants to take a vacation is what it used to be, right? Like Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaii. cool. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, season's yeah, over. Tri- You're gonna send free me to Hawaii. Trip to Hawaii. Hell yeah. Free, free trip, trip to Hawaii. You get paid to be there. Like the winning team gets X dollars, losing team gets X dollars. Yeah, for and sure. Even back then, all the good players went, right? It was like everybody that was, was good actually went. 
Right. Everybody. Yeah. They wanted to go. And it was after the Super Bowl, which is why most of the guys yeah. went anyway. So yep. anything for me, I know that uh, when we talked on the phone yesterday, you were like, I got some questions. I don't want to ask you about. Some yeah. Stuff. I'm just like, I'm curious. Like, like you kind of, we're going to, we had it written down here. It's just how you feel free agency's been so far, because I, I think Bean's been pretty masterful in the way that he's, he's walked through this. Uh, I think we've come yeah. out with a better roster for sure. Uh, there's a couple spots that are still to me at the cornerback, obviously, and running back position that I, there's a little, um, I'm curious of what we're doing, how we're moving, moving forward. But where are you at? I mean, to me, Bates, I know a lot of people hate how it went down or whatever, but when we started the offseason, I had four guys that I wanted the Bills to resign, and he was one of them. Like he was I, one of them. I had him, and I had Botker. I actually I like what Ike was doing, and I think it, the money we got him at, 100% love it. Yep, you know, yep. Mitch was one of them because – Tywan Jones. Tywan was not one of my guys. He was one of the guys no. I was letting go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that, that to me was like a couple of those guys that you just like you, they're too versatile and too good and they fit what we're doing. And Bates, we kept him for so long. He was on the practice guy. We just kept bringing him back because we kept hearing about how much he can do, how much he can do. And when you got guys like Morris who are a couple years away and you got things like that yeah, happening, yeah. a 25 year old guy for four years, Whitworth just played at 40. Yeah, not only is he a 25-year-old. So for me, Ryan Bates, it, I don't care how they did it. I mean, it, it, they they gambled, and they were clearly willing to match or sign or do whatever they needed to do to keep the guy, but they were hoping to sneak him through, right? Is what I mean, sneak, yeah. it's, it's like trying to sneak him through waivers. They tried to sneak him through, and it didn't work. At the end of the day, Ryan Bates, to me, and I had ad nauseum conversations with John Fina about this and Jay Spence about this and everybody else that I could talk to. Ryan Bates, like he he played tackle and he played center in college and he can play all five positions. He's the first guy off the bench. He's the first guy off the bench. He can play all five positions, blah, 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 blah. And this is all we kept hearing. And every freaking time somebody got hurt, he never came off the bench, mm -hmm. never. And then finally the Bills were forced to put him in and he was the best guard on the team. And it's like, what is going on right now? Like, how has this guy not been in the game the whole freak? I mean, he was here when Brian Winters was here. Right. He was here when Bobby Hart was here in the preseason. Like, play this dude like he can clearly play football so i was very happy that they brought him back to me it was it was an essential piece to the puzzle him with roger saffold the offense brandon bean's genius is the fact that you know he jettisons darrell williams who i think could still potentially even come back but yeah. he jettisons darrell williams saves six and a half million dollars and then signs, signs roger saffold for six and so he basically makes he gets a better player roger saffold was ranked i think eight or nine out of all guards last year so he's a better player. player too yeah right but he gets a better player and he saves five you know half a million dollars mm -hmm. it's been to me tim settle you used the word earlier and i used it a couple weeks ago energy mm -hmm. the energy left this defensive line when jordan phillips left yeah all the energy left when jordan phillips left and as much as they i mean you you like i i was a big uh star latulale uh detractor when I first started podcasting in 2019, because to me, you're paying a guy $20 million. He should show up on the stat sheet. And then I got learned, right? There was, there was some learning that I did and some film watching that I did. And it, it turned into, Oh, that he's the dolphins are triple teaming him. Now I get it. I understand why he's getting $20 million. But as much as good as he was, there was no energy there. He was just, a, he was a grinded out player. Harrison Phillips. I love Harrison. Not a lot of energy there, right? Greg Rousseau is young. Still. There's not a lot of energy. Jerry has energy. But when Jerry is at his best, at his prime, and he's bringing all that energy and it's coming out of him, that's when he's getting flagged for personal foul calls. And he's really honed that down, and he's kind of taken care of that. I'm excited to see the energy come back. Tim Settle has energy. Obviously, Jordan Phillips has energy. Ed Oliver has energy when he's in a mix of guys with energy. Von Miller is going to bring energy. So to me, you know, when you talk about what, what they've done, I love bringing Isaiah McKenzie back. Um, I don't understand the Jamison Crowder pickup, although I like it. I like it for two reasons. Jamison Crowder, Jamison Crowder is good. You've also taken the best weapon that the Jets have away from them. Uh, he was their best wide receiver and has been for the last couple of years. It'll be interesting to, to me to see how they use him. O.J. Howard is a nice pickup. Um, the Achilles injury, when you rupture an Achilles, it's a kiss of death for NFL players a lot of times. So he may never be the player he was when he was a first-round draft pick, but I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see Ken Dorsey put his fingerprint on this offense. And I think that we're about to see that. What it's going to look like, I don't know. I think they still need a wide receiver. I think they still need, obviously, a running back, like you said. But we'll see. Uh, so that those are my thoughts. What are yours?
Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm in the same category that the way we started building with the lines, I think a lot of people felt like that was a weird thing, like we were going to do something different. But Bean's done that every year. I don't like, right. like that's where we start. You you start inside and you do it from the inside. And I what he did there was brilliant. I think what what is happening there, and you're seeing that what good football brings is guys leave and say, hey, I got paid, and now they're letting me go. And I never really wanted to leave. Like you guys just couldn't afford to pay me. You know that. I know that. Like I want to come back, right? So I agree with that 100%. I love the guys that have been brought back. McKenzie, uh, you know, for me, I think that he was one of those guys that was a key kind of piece for me. Uh, he wasn't one of my top four guys because I think you can fill that role a lot now with a lot of speed and availability in the NFL. But his you saying that you say that, but there's a lot of there's most teams don't have a great slot guy. That's I've said that to Spence and he doesn't agree with me. Right. Beasley's one of the best wide receivers available in the NFL right now. I think we got a better one in Crowder. <laughs> I think possibly I think what the reason you bring in Crowder is because he's a little younger. He's proven he yeah, can do it. Sure. He's durable. He's played on crap teams realistically. And I yes. think the other reason you bring him in is because when you let Sanders go and you let Beasley go, you lost a lot of your veteran leadership. Right. Yeah, Crowder is one sure. of those guys you bring in. And I think it does protect Gabe Davis a little bit, too. Right. It's like if things get tough at times, Crowder could go outside. He doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be in the slot. He's a veteran player who can do a lot of different things. So for me, he's a big key piece. I, I loved the move. Uh, the Duke Johnson thing. Obviously, we were interested in a pass catching back, and I don't think we did a bad thing. I mean, uh, no. obviously, McKissick would have been beauty. I mean, like, but who knows? That might have changed so many other things from happening, too, right? Like, you've yeah, given McKissick sure. that money. You never know if we get everybody else. So sure. I, I think that what Bean has done has just been, like, short of brilliant with his final. He's got a couple token pieces left as we work through the draft here with Diggs and guys like that who he can still get some money if he needs it. So – this football team to me looks dangerous. Uh, the Saffold thing, I, I get he's older, but he plays a different style of football, right? Tennessee's yep. offensive line is aggressive and they push yep. you around and he's yep. going to bring some of that. And I think we need that. If you can put him next to Dawkins on the left side of the line with Mitch that's in the center. Going. Yeah, I mean. He's already, he's already been told that's where he's going. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the left side of the line is done. You should be yep. like, we are set to rock and roll on the left side of the line, and we are, we should be very, very productive on that side of the ball with those guys. So I, I love it, and I think with the Bates, the Bachner thing, you see how Ike comes back. You see, you let him fight for it and see what happens, you know? like and love it. The Darrell Williams thing was, it's too much money to let you go, and we signed you to be the tackle, and this guy we drafted came in and beat you. So I'm not going to pay you that same amount to be in a rotation at guard potentially. So you got to like that. That to me was a, a simple one. But this football I would, team, I would gonna... debate. I would debate Spencer Brown beating him or the guard situation was that bad. That is when I said earlier I was alluding to the kind of the guard situation. The Bills kind of put all the chips in the middle of Cody Ford's our guy this year. And Cody Ford was like, no, I'm not. Yeah. Well, I think it, I think when you don't bring Williams back, or do they still may? I do agree with you that there's potential that he does come back, right? Like, hey, uh, we got $3 million. Do you want to be the backup tackle? Like, we could right. do, we could do right, that, yeah. right? We could yeah. do something like that still. Yeah. I still agree that could happen. And that might have been what happened when they sat down with him. Like, we have plans to try to bring you back, man. We just we can't do it right now with what we're trying to make happen, you know? Yeah, for and, sure. And you Lady see what happens. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the Buffalo nerd. So yeah. round of applause for the Buffalo nerd. Solid, solid, solid stuff there, bro. Yeah. We'll so see tell, it. tell, tell everybody where they can find you and how they can find your show and how they can tune into you. Yeah. I mean, so it's pretty simple. If uh, you have a social channel of some sort, you can pretty much just type in the Buffalo nerd and I'll be there in some form or fashion. Uh, you know, obviously the podcast is everywhere is that you listen to podcasts. Uh, the YouTube channel is there, uh, but I do a little bit different than Joe. I, I typically uh, my record uh, just, and then put it out after the fact. So it's not a live show, uh, but you guys usually find it off season. I'm doing just once a week kind of, cause there's not a ton going on. Maybe pick it up a little bit during the draft here, but you know, once a week, usually on Fridays. And then uh, besides that during the season, you know, usually do a Tuesday show, kind of what we gotta what we gotta talk about from what just took place, and then uh, heading into the weekend for what's coming our way. And then, of course, uh, every week on the show, one of the shows we do like to highlight a charity at the top of the hour, just uh, organization mm -hmm. that's doing good for the community, wherever it may be, Buffalo, all across the world, whatever. Um, you know, so yeah, everywhere, Buffalo Nerd. Sweet. And where do they find you on Twitter? It's at the Buffalo Nerd. Or uh, you guys can just click over. You'll find me in there at Colt Schroeder. I'm attached in the bio and the link to the show and everything's in the bio. So just at the Buffalo Nerd. And how did you get the name? Why did you name yourself the Buffalo Nerd? 
Well, so basically, I mean, if you can't like the four eyes for starters, right? So, but for the, for the most part, it's actually just, uh, you know, numbers is kind of my jam. You know, I, I like, like bringing up the stuff, like the, the 24 players that have been drafted, like that's the kind of stuff that kind of really intrigues uh, yeah. me uh, following the numbers about how we're going to pay for people. Cause uh, that gets, that gets left out a lot. Like, and, and sure. you really sure. have to really consider how much money you're spending and what your cash is being spent compared to what actually counts and restructuring yeah. people sounds sweet up front, but you got to pay that guy still. So you got to be really good at this. Right. So uh, that kind of stuff just kind of led me to the nerd numbers and honestly, nobody else had it. So that's part of, uh, I don't know, I guess at Colt Schroeder just didn't sound that cool. Sweet. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into the overreaction sports show brought to you by the market dominator on the Buffalo rumblings vodcast network. I'm your host, the voice of the overreaction sports show. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller wired Colt. This was a blast. Thank you for joining me, dude. Thanks for having me on Joe. Yeah, brother. As always, we say uh, go Bills. Go Bills. 